Welcome into the Denver Sports Podcast brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery. They had a fantastic hootenanny, and you know what? You can kind of sip your own little taste of everything that they've got. Check out the Breck Brew locator for Broncos Country Pale Ale or the Avalanche Ale. I am Patrick Lyons. I'm Brendan Vogt. I'm Susie Hunter. Hey, we're, we're about to do some more baseball talk. It's good to be back. I'm stoked. And yeah, we're happy to be talking baseball with you again. It's the right time of year. I don't really want to talk baseball with you, Susie, because I hate your baseball team. But other than that, I'm ready to I'm ready to get By my baseball team, he means the Philadelphia Phillies. He's not talking about the Mariners, of course. Because no. officially as a company, we're a Mariners podcast. I can now. get I can get on board with that. Yeah. But well, of course we'll that. talk about it. We'll talk about your it. The Phillies but, are out of my club. But my my Phillies, the team that I grew up rooting for, uh, they are doing a number on the Braves right now at the time we're recording this. Four one. They're doing well in game one. They're doing well in game one. It's uh, it's October. It's postseason baseball time, and maybe naturally, and it shouldn't feel natural. The Rockies are not a part of it. <laughs> Let's see if we can somehow get to the bottom of this. Uh, what you know? What can we learn from the, the teams that are still alive here in the American League, National League? Uh, we'll talk about Nolan Arenado, you know, because he's a guy that you know once had his finger on the pulse of the city, and you know his team just got bounced. You know he's made comments in the past since he's left Colorado. We'll uh, we'll talk about that, and then just what October baseball means in this town because it's now. Uh, 15th anniversary, 15 years ago to this day, there was a a different group of people uh, with a different company name sitting in this exact office talking about the Colorado Rockies in the postseason. Susie, not literally. No, no one was in here. There was not another was media say, company. I don't know if this. But, you know, I'm this like, was I like don't know bank, where you're Relatively going. speaking, there were people in this city actually able to, to celebrate the yeah. Rockies. You know. Yeah, and that that is something I haven't seen at all in my time in Colorado. <laughs> That's something I'm eager to see again for sure, especially this time of year. Baseball. If you're a baseball fan, you 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 feel it. It's it's pumping in your blood right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, uh, baseball we know is, is a marathon, and there's that wall that a lot of people hit when they run a marathon where there's like four, five, six miles left, and you don't recover from. Is Rockies. this just you flexing about running half marathons and it stuff? It is. That's I mean, I've read, I've read that numerous times. Mm-hmm. Actually, here's my flex. I've read that that happens to people. Okay. <laughs> Not, Not me, can't, but it happens to some people. Patrick can't relate. Yes. So oh there's gosh. the flex. There you go. You 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 set me up for uh, for a pump sesh there. But uh, when we talk about the Rockies this year, Susie, you and I, we've done it a bunch, and it seems mm-hmm. like the thing that they suffered from is is something that the teams that are still alive haven't, and that is depth. You have to be able to deal with players getting injuries, even big name players, and be able to replace them uh, with some competent guys, and. That was definitely an area of weakness for the Rockies this season. Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, the biggest name that we've seen play the least is Chris Bryant for the Rockies. But every team has had big talent that has gone on the injured list. Right. The Phillies didn't have Bryce Harper for a while. Sorry, cover your ears. Um, everyone has, every, every team has that story, though. Right. I mean, San Diego trucking along despite mm-hmm. what nearly looked like a derailing development in their season. But these yeah. are these are teams, I think, guys that have spent some time working towards a winning culture. I think you're beyond sort of, you know, depth as a front office might look at it. I think there's something to you. You you work in those clubhouses and you're coming to work every day ready to get better. And if it's your chance to play, you're excited to do it because what's on the line could be, could be glory, could be greatness. And for a lot of teams, the Rockies, unfortunately are one of them right now. 
I don't know if that is the case. In fact, I know that it isn't. Yeah. Buddy, I think, and probably just about uh, every manager says this to their team in spring training. And I know that was very much the case in 17, 18, and 19 when they were still, you know, in it in the wild card hunt. Uh, They actually had one of the the top two uh, or only two wild card seeds uh, in uh, late June is that it's going to take all 40 guys. It's going to take everybody in this room. So when you're down in spring training at at Salt River Fields in Scottsdale, he's looking at all these guys saying, hey, it's going to take that. And so, uh, you know, you saw that this year, a guy like Jake Bird getting called up and and Sean Bouchard, uh, and those guys weren't even in the room. They weren't even in uh, that clubhouse uh, this past spring. So uh, it it does require all that. Yeah, to your point, Fernando Tatis Jr. was hurt. Walker Buehler's, uh, obviously, uh, his season is done for the Dodgers. Ozzie Albies for Atlanta, and yet guys stepped up. At shortstop, Hassan Kim did it. Uh, we know the Dodgers always end up finding pitchers. Uh, Mitch White, Ryan Pepio are two rookie guys. But for the Dodgers, I think it was just really a matter of everybody else playing a little bit better. Tony Gonsolin, you're like, geez, this guy is going to get some Cy Young Award votes. Clayton right. Kershaw still doing his thing. And then Tyler Anderson, seemingly out of nowhere, steps in <laughs> and steps up. So it doesn't even have to be a one-to-one replacement. It's just, again, guys picking up the slack and getting better. Rockies, unfortunately, haven't had a guy in a while that they get him, and then he gets even better. Well, go ahead. Ooh, no, no, I was just scathing. <laughs> it's sad. It's sad but true. I mean, sad think but of, true. Think yeah. about this year's team. I mean, who who got better than last year? I mean, Brendan Rodgers had his four months that was really solid, but other than that, who was better than last year? I think Daniel Bard, maybe. Okay, yeah. sure. Yeah, I think that's. But we're literally almost talking about two. Everyone else just kind of stayed exactly where they were. When you look at their final numbers, or they they did a little backsliding. I think so much for professional athletes. There's a there's a timing and a situation thing, right? A lot of these guys clear the threshold that they have the talent, but when you're in a situation that's designed to bring the best out, when you when you have only the controllables to worry about, yourself to worry about, and you can get on a roll, there's team success, you're succeeding. I think you see guys snowball in, into, well, snowball the opposite, really. You see them build and evolve into the best versions of themselves. And that happens right now with the Dodgers. You know, back in the day, for me as a kid with the Cardinals, it felt like that would, didn't really matter which player was at bat. Whoever yes. stepped up was ready to go. And unfortunately, I think for a lot of talented players in the Rockies organization right now, it's kind of the opposite effect. You're, mm. you're stepping into a situation where it's really hard for any one player to stand out, succeed, and turn the tide either individually or collectively or both. Yeah. And with Ezekiel Tovar, I mean, if you, you look at him, he's a guy that's turning the keys over uh, to the shortstop position next year rather than, you know, working him in slowly, like the Cardinals way. Like, sure. For better or as worse. As obnoxious as it is. As obnoxious <laughs> as it is. Best fans in baseball, as obnoxious as it is. But nevertheless. Relax. Nevertheless, there's evidence to prove that. Like, sure, all right, sure. we're just going to insert somebody else because what they were doing down in AA and AAA is now going to work in the major leagues. That might not be happening quite as much with the Rockies. So uh, it's setting those guys up for success, having some some buffer around those guys. Um, you know, what, as you said, Susie, Chris Bryant only had the 42 games this year. What happened when he went down? Like, who who stepped up? Like, who was there for those other 100 games? I mean, Sean Bouchard had a good one month, but there wasn't, there was the opportunity there. Connor Joe, maybe, mm-hmm. could have done it. Um, no one really Randall stepped Grichick. up in that big way. Yeah. No. No, they really had that absence. Tyler Kinley in the bullpen, you know, I, I, Jake Bird, you know, might have might have stepped up a little bit, you know, coming up from the minor leagues, mm-hmm. and he was used for some some really big innings. But of course, 
could not match, uh, you know, what Tyler Kinley was able to do. Yeah. And even Antonio Sinzatella, you know, they uh, didn't have anybody. Ryan Feltner just essentially stepped in his shoes. So um, those were three guys that I think you're counting for a lot of production from. Yeah. And you didn't get it. And, the, and their replacements were okay. But that's why the record was okay to very much less than okay. Very much less than okay. Would you say Tyler Kinley is another one of those guys who improved a lot this season despite the shortened sample size we have? Yes and no. I mean, obviously he did, you know, he did take uh, strides um, Mm -hmm. from from last year. But what does it mean for next year? It's almost like, okay, we're going to kind of wait to determine that. It's like with Connor Joe. You saw what he did last year in that that, that final month. And you're like, oh, all right, we could have something here. This is very interesting. And you saw... 2022 kind of, you know, took a step back a little bit there, couldn't figure out some things. And so overall you look and you say, all right, you know, he's been a good contributor to uh, to this team the last two years, but overall, you know, I don't know that they found lightning in a bottle for more than just that, you know, year and a half, if you Mm -hmm. will. But I like the framing of the conversation because it's easy to look at the Rocky season and say it played out the way that it did because important players went down, but that's, Baseball. It is yeah. a long season, and it's, it's worth- my. That's my favorite saying in baseball. That's baseball. That's baseball. <laughs> that's baseball. It does happen a lot. It? <laughs> it's virtually impossible, right? And 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 I, very few, if any, I think World Series winners, if you really were to comb through it, would say, yeah, this is full strength. This was Plan A. So, you know, there's there's a lot of room between the Rockies and these teams for a lot of reasons. But one key ingredient here is enduring what's seemingly inevitable. Yeah, I think uh, one of the other big factors, again, that we can take away from the eight remaining teams in the MLB postseason, what can the Rockies learn from them? Uh, You have to give something to get something. Of course, we are talking about trades. Um, you know, the, the last trade that the Rockies really won was in 2016 when they got Herman Marquez and just, just stole them, just stole themselves, uh, you know, their ace from Tampa Bay in, uh, in January of 2016. And we haven't really seen that many big acquisitions or even, again, substantial. Randall Gritchick was nice this year, but you did have to give up Ryan Tapia and a prospect. Um, they're not doing that. And then even on the flip side saying, well, obviously we're, we're out of the hunt. We're not going to acquire right. a big name player at the deadline, but maybe we can trade away a guy that is going to be on an expiring contract and we're not going to have around next year. And we can bring in a chip that could be useful next season and plan ahead. They're not doing that. Whereas the other teams still alive and mm-hmm. just most other teams in baseball, they are doing that. Yeah. I still, I still think it's so telling that the Rockies were the only ones who did nothing at the trade. Deadline. Think about that. They literally didn't pick a direction and that's, and no one else did that. Everyone else did something. It's true. And, and I mean, it's what the way Patrick just said it, it's, a lot of these teams just cashed in a beefed up farm system for that guy that gets them over the top. But you also have to spend years beefing up that farm system. Yeah. You can't, you can't really just tread water in this league. And so we've talked about this really hate advocating for a bottoming out approach or tanking or whatever, but there have been opportunities to cash in a veteran playing well at the right time who doesn't fit into this timeline into something beneficial, whether it's this guy is a part of our future or it's the next, you know, asset in the cupboard. And they haven't, they've sort of refused to do that. And it's really left them in a limbo, you know, that's, that's beyond frustrating for fans. I really think the the organization really failed 
uh, at drafting and developing going all the way back to 2015. Mm. Now, that was the year, of course, the, they had Brendan Rodgers, and we're finally seeing him come to fruition. But it took a very long time yeah. for that to finally happen. 2016 uh, was Riley Pint, who I don't know that we're ever going to see. And again, he's just, mm. you know, he's, he's an arm in the bullpen. A nice story for him having stepped away from the game and coming back. But again... Forget all that. We don't even have to get into the names. But you you look, and, and there's a reason why they're at the bottom of the farm system rankings each and every year. And then you even look now, uh, Dan Zimborski tweeted this out uh, a couple of days ago, and it was uh, how many wins above replacement came from players age 25 or younger. Mm. And, and Rockies were dead last in the National League. I think they were second last in all of baseball. They just weren't getting young guys to contribute. That is a player development and draft and development issue. Yeah. Wow. That's, um, I did not see that post, but dang. Yeah. And I mean, you, you think about some of the teams in the postseason. I mean, they're out now, but the Rays, right. That's a team that when they were going through it, they at least nailed a lot of the picks and they brought a lot of young talent in. You can't, you can't flounder those opportunities. That's look, sports are literally designed to, to, it's like a welfare program, right? The worse you get, the more bones they throw you and you, you gotta, you gotta nail some of them. And I just, that's an ingredient for the Rockies here. It starts at drafting and developing. And then even beyond that, your farm system can be filled out through these trades that we talked about. And, and when you just sit on your hands, I mean, it's fun in the middle of the season to go, okay, they're a little more competitive than we thought, but mm-hmm. th- but the bottom line is still the same. And when there's no direction, it, you know, th- it's it's hard for, for fans to have confidence. The, the direction, and, and Susie and I just talked about this on the DNVR Rockies podcast. We'll go ahead and we'll plug that episode from today. Was uh, <laughs> had a lot to do with a, a letter that Dick Monfort, you know, wrote to fans, to, to season ticket holders, basically just saying, you know, hey, you're giving us unwavering support. This isn't acceptable. And, you know, the goal is to win a Rockies championship. I don't know what a whatever, Rockies. Whatever that means. Whatever that is. Uh, not a World Series. Now, hey, we're going to. Rockies The champ. goal is to win the World Series. That's the goal number is to win one in attendance. NLS. That's it's, number one in attendance, bro. That's the Rockies championship. Or or winning a series against the inevitable team that wins the World Series like they did in 2020. (laughs) Or they can say, hey, you know, we we technically won a series against the Dodgers in L.A. because we won the Monday and Tuesday of that three-game series of the six. And however you want to finagle it in your head. I guess it makes sense, but I think the plan is almost to just not do anything too crazy that fans maybe will get upset about. And fans should rightfully get upset for a minute and, and talk about it. And so you may have to say, wow, we, we drafted this guy really high and we've been pumping him up, but he doesn't have the goods Let's go ahead and trade him. Let's right. get something for him. Right. And kind of, it, you, it's not just you're admitting defeat and, and a loss. It's saying like, hey, look, we think we actually are going to have more and something better for our future by making this deal. And yes, it didn't work out with this player, but we think it's definitely going to work out much better with this player. And I think they're very much worried about that kind of shuffling. I feel like the Rockies very much have like hoarder energy. It's like, no, no, we can't get rid of <laughs> that's this. So true. What if we need it? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's actually a great point. <laughs> that's not bad. I like that. Thank you. Thank Do you, you guys feel in some attempt at, at I don't, I was not optimism, but some of the recent call-ups are, do you see, all right, right? These are guys that you could see playing in this time of year. These are guys that, okay, maybe as they come through the pipeline, maybe there, there's some version of hope. Yeah, if, if you're 
you know, writing out the Rockies roster right now of what it looks like in 2025 when it seems like that's a more reasonable timeline or 2026, there's not very many guys that you're uh, of the young players that you're going to be writing in saying, we know Tovar's going to be there at shortstop. Tolia will probably be there at first base. Other than that, everything else is is really up in the air. That's that's three, four seasons away. A lot can happen. A lot of trades can be made. Injuries can happen. But as far as like who should be, it's just Tovar and Tolia. And so, so we've just started that process of, uh, as I've kind of phrased it, it's like the plane's been going down. And now with these young guys... Uh, being being put on the forty man roster and, and and playing at Coors Field for fans to see, the the pilot is now pulling up on the yoke and you know the treetops are rubbing along the bottom of the plane, <laughs> but we're going back up. You know what I mean? Like you know like oh sh- we're this thing's going down. Well we're we pulling back on the yoke and it's going to be a couple years until we get up to ten thousand feet again, but we're we're yanking back on that on that yoke. Patty Patty stats Patty analogy. Yeah. These are the things that I missed on your show. The other thing that we can learn from the other uh, postseason teams is you got to have stars. You got to have yes. big players. You got to have impact players. I wrote last Usually they step up. <laughs> hey, now. I won't get ahead myself. We'll get there. Yes. Are you? Is this That's a Nolan reference? Uh, maybe. It's okay. Um, I wrote, I wrote okay. last offseason that, think about this. This is, might be mind-blowing. Going into the offseason, the Rockies on their roster had only two players who had ever made an all-star team. Oh, wow. Herman Marquez and Charlie Blackman. That was it. They needed some kind of star power. Uh, obviously, they got Chris Bryant. Hey, Jose Iglesias, he had one all-star appearance at one point in his career. Same thing with Alex Colley. But that was the lowest that they ever had gotten with of hmm. players with any like name recognition whatsoever in the National League of the 41 all-stars. 20 of them came from the four teams that are still alive right now. 16 of 40 in the American League. And so, obviously, the all-star team is made up of really good players. Those really good players contribute to teams who win more games. But even still, you got to have players who can step up and play really well. This is now the third time in Rockies history that they now have had back-to-back seasons of one representative in the all-star game. They've never had three. We'll see if they're in danger of that happening next year. They need more stars, even still right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Rockies do not have that star power. And I guess, you know, hoping to get that kind of energy back when Chris Bryant joined the team. But he's been poor pretty, choice of words. Pretty <laughs> yeah, when it's tough right when a couple of stars or at least star caliber players just walked or were traded <laughs> for not much. <laughs> And then the investment comes on an injury-prone player. And it's easy to, in hindsight, you know, pile on Chris Bryant. I hope the best for the guy. Super talented. And I hope for the best for the signing. It was aggressive from a new regime, and I liked that. But there is a little bit of, well, hey, the other guys might have at least played. So, A, you need stars. B, you got to get those signings right. And then C, as we all know, this is cyclical. There was a time, we're going to talk about it later in the show, where if you were around Denver... Uh, you might think, wow, I want to be a part of this. You know, sign me up for this. Yeah. And and that's clearly not what stars are thinking right now, and understandably so. So but but again, I don't I don't I don't want to get ahead of myself. Colorado, as bad as it is under Monfort a Monfort now, this is it's not like a, a, a ghost town. It's not like when no. Tampa Bay's bad and it's irrelevant and no one cares and no one's watching. There's fertile grounds here. And and that's why people I think get so upset. Yeah. Yeah. We we live in a win economy where if you're not winning that that 
that vibe isn't there. The people are there. They, they, they want it, right? They're still going out to Coors Field to see that. Um, but but the vibe is missing if the winds aren't there. Right, right? But it's, right. that vibe's not missing at the DNVR bar here on the nice. corner of Colfax Jesus. in York. <laughs> Uh, I didn't even know. <laughs> well, look, but but look, being a member or even even if not, sometimes there's a lot of perks because if you go to DraftKings Sportsbook and use code DNVR, all you got to do is make a $5 bet if you're a new customer and you're going to get $200 in free bets. If your winner ends up winning this week in the NFL, if that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. And to make it all the more easier, you can throw down stepped up same game parlays once per day. All season long on game day. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet. That's code DNVR, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See link in the description for details. Uh, Brendan, I don't know if you went on game time app uh, close to tip-off last night, but I imagine people... You know, just like we say here, sixty percent off uh, the ticket price. I imagine you got a, a couple good steals down there at Ball Arena. There were some great deals. There were some seats available in preseason action. But what I love about game time is whether you can sort of predict that or not. Preseason game, you have some seats available. Yeah. Or a really intense game that you still want to put your butt in the seat. It's all possible with yeah. game time. You can tell us more about that, I'm sure. Yeah, no, we, we got a link in our description, so make sure you check that out so you can be part of the 15 million people who've used game time, and uh, it helps us out You know when you use that link. But you're right. Uh, those ticket brokers or some people who just can't go to the event, they're willing to take anything, even if it is, you know, Nuggets, Lakers, whatever it is, at that point, boom, a ticket becomes available, and all of a sudden, maybe you're able to uh, to get in if you're solo or uh, or with a friend or two. So it's really great uh, for for concerts as well as as all kinds of events uh, to get some amazing seats you never thought you could get with game time. Uh, I never thought that the Rockies would have to uh, not get, but they'd have to give fifty million dollars uh, for another team to take a future Hall of Famer. But that was the situation uh, last February first was when the deal became official in twenty twenty one, where Arenado went to the St. Louis Cardinals, and I think for the most part, fans don't have any hatred towards Nolan Arenado, but they may have some hate towards the situation and some of that might hmm. rub off on Nolan. Hmm. What's what's your take on, you know, what you've heard from Rockies fans as far as their feelings about Nolan Arenado? Because I think overall they're like, eh, it is what it is. But there are some that have that that little bit of hate in their in their heart maybe at how it all went down. Yeah, I mean, I think for the most part, if if you look at Nolan's logic of just wanting to contend and compete and be a part of that. And I, I think most people are going to say, well, we get it. We get it. We prefer it happened here. It wasn't happening here around you. But I, I don't know if that's universal. And this these cracks are starting to show a little bit. But however few they were, Nolan also did have his opportunities in Colorado. And the sample size is small, but... You know, he he has yet to write himself into baseball history for as talented as he is. Put his put his stamp on a moment. And, you know, the Rockies as a team did have that moment. And the Cardinals this year had a chance at having that moment. And Nolan himself didn't. So that's a whole discussion to unpack. But I know there are at least some Colorado fans who feel, you know, hey, it's, it's not as if 
you necessarily did all you could. Uh, I, I don't know how you guys feel about it. And I certainly don't want to speak for any fan in particular, but I, I certainly clearly talked to a lot of them here at the bar and in Denver. Yeah. I know there's just so many unknowns with what happened behind the scenes with that situation. Um, I do feel like, I feel like a, maybe I'm projecting like maybe a little bit how I feel on fans, but I feel like a lot of Rockies fans enjoy to see what Nolan's up to. And if he's doing well, but if there's a reason for us to look at him and be like, oh, well, right, I right. bet he wishes he was still a Rocky, yeah, yeah. I'm going to jump on that, too. And I'm sure, Patrick, a lot of that is in, is influenced by the fact that it's the Cardinals, right? And it's like it's certainly not an ideal alternative destination for him, for Rockies fans. Yeah, yeah, I think there's some truth to that. And, you know, the... Uh... The, the separation between Arenado and the Rockies got off to a less than stellar start for on Nolan's side because, you know, he made certain comments right. that, you know, were picked up and I don't think he meant anything by it. He's not the most eloquent person as far as word choice is concerned, but a lot of people picked up on it like, what, we're not winners here? Like, right, right. Not, not the city and not the people, not the fans. It's more of the team. And so, you know, he put his foot in his mouth a, a, a couple times mm-hmm. last year that I think kind of underlined the the fact that Nolan, you know, wasn't a saint, I guess, and, and how it all played out. But at the end of the day, I mean, here we're sitting almost two years after that, and there's a lot more vitriol about the front office and the ownership of the right, Rockies right. than that. And so I think right. that, you know, if that was somewhat different, then maybe you would have a situation where people would be more upset and pissed at Nolan Arenado because, oh man, that one piece would have been really nice on this roster. They are two or three Nolan Arenados sure. away from, from contending <laughs> With this current roster. And why villainize him when you have some obvious villain candidates, right? That yeah. staring Great you point. in the face. Yeah, there's, there's, yeah, exactly. Well said. So I don't, you know, having described that dynamic, I definitely do not want to imply that I'm starting the, uh, maybe Nolan was wrong. Maybe, maybe Nolan was wrong for this thing. I, I, I'm i not really <laughs> doing that, but I do think it's a complicated relationship. But some of it, guys, some of it is that you it, it's hard to remember now, but the Rockies weren't always a disaster with Nolan here. And there was a chance for him and them mm-hmm. to be winners. And it's not just that Nolan abandoned that if you were to use that word sort of feels like ownership and the various front offices have as well mm-hmm. yeah well dick monfort uh picked his general manager over uh, nolan arenado and again we don't know what happened behind the scenes between breidich and arenado exactly um so maybe it was a situation where you say well you, you can't encourage uh, that certain behavior if, if nolan arenado did have certain behavior and say so i i have to go with my gm but obviously that is that is how it ends up looking um which is unfortunate but to your point brendan uh 17 2017 and 2018 yeah they were in the postseason you know the wild card game they got bounced pretty quickly uh only went one for five uh but he did have a homer there, so not bad for uh, his first game. And then in uh, 2018, the wild card game, uh, one for five, did have an RBI. And then in that series against Milwaukee, I mean, all of the Rockies' bats really went quiet. He went two for 11. And since then, he's one for 12. It's okay. One for 12 with St. Louis. <laughs> but but here's so he has a career postseason batting average of 152. Not great. Um, it's a small sample. It's a small sample size. And he, the longest series he's been in is uh, is the three with Colorado, and then then a two game series. Right. Otherwise, they're all you know like one game sets for the wild card game. So you could look past that. And also, too, at the end of the day, there are a lot of guys who get paid for the 162 or get paid for the regular season. And you say, when you get to the postseason, that's something else. Yeah. Because 
you're not going to get to the postseason if you don't put up and post those numbers during the regular season. And we know Nolan does post. I come from a spoiled fan base, a really spoiled, an entitled fan base. (laughs) And the defense is awesome. And the production this year in the regular season was awesome. It's not going to satiate. It's not going to satisfy that fan base. You got to perform when it matters most. Mm -hmm. And there is something to it with, like, you know, Albert Pujols was on the roster this year somehow. Can't believe I still got to, I got to say that one more time. And even in that last game, the team had nothing. Pujols goes two for four. And he's a thousand years old. And a small part of me, I really hate to go so, like, you know, puff my chest out. Like, I know the Cardinals aren't really, but, like, big market fan or whatever. But part of me is, like, that's what a star looks like, man. You got to mm-hmm. deliver in these moments. And mm-hmm. hopefully Nolan gets more opportunities to... He, as far as the talent, as far as the regular season, he is a great baseball player. But as far as being one of the greats, you have to author a great moment. And and there was there's been opportunity for Nolan, and he hasn't looked like a a superhero yet. Yeah, for sure. But you know what? He did get to win the division, which is all he wanted. (sighs) That's that's gonna not that there are any Cardinals fans that really are probably watching, and the Rockies fans hate every time I mention them. But that phrase is triggering because they're tired. (laughs) They're tired of division wins. Go win something else. Um, Again, spoiled fan base. But that's you know it's what Nolan wanted to be a part of, and and all of this comes with it as well. Did you know that um, his one hit that he did get was uh, had a 72 mile per hour exit velocity, so it was kind of lucky. But he also had uh, four different outs uh, in that one for eight, 96.7, 96.9, 98.1, 98.9, 103.7 off the bat. And it was an out. There was some hard contact, and it's not. And baseball is a cruel game, it and is. that's why you gotta, you have to focus on the small sample size. Yeah. But here's the thing: you're not guaranteed a large sample size in those moments, in those high leverage moments. You may only get so many opportunities in the in your career. And so, if if no one wants to be that guy, the next time it comes around, he has to step up. Or this this is gonna be a a narrative that that carries with him that he carries with him. He did say something this season that uh, didn't get him in too much hot water. So last year, he did get the standing ovation when he first came back. I don't know that I heard really any boos. I think maybe I was like, oh, those two people over there might have booed. They were close to me, so I I heard it from the press box. Um, Didn't hear any of that. And it seemed like almost every game, his first at-bat, you know, people were coming to the ballpark to see him like, hey, this is that reunion. So he kind of got that standing ovation for all those games. Didn't happen uh, this year when, when he came up to bat. So I think that was just that that maybe is uh, shows you there's a little crack there. Right. In, yeah, yeah. Uh, in, in that relationship and that it's not. No, Nolan, you're still the all time greatest. You know, not the case uh, with, with how it went down. But how? you gonna give a guy a standing ovation who's not on your team i feel like the standing ovation is like you know what this is us saying goodbye because we didn't get a chance to i mean how much longer are rockies fans expected to it would be weird i feel like that's a fair point because i'm like i can't think of anyone else that you know every time this person goes back you know to that ballpark is is getting that kind of greeting um there there was almost literally hardly any applause it was just like oh okay nolan's up yeah Mm-hmm. So it was almost he barely was even acknowledged, uh, which was even less than what I expected. But yeah, you're 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 right. Um, but you thought it was interesting that 
there is definitely no pomp and circumstance at all but this year. I, I am with Susie. Like he can't he can't expect that. You know, no, no. He did he did whether he was, you know, standing on high ground or not when when he made his decisions to move on. Those were decisions he made. Right? I know he was ultimately traded, but we know that there was some some mental turning of the page on on his part as well, and, and being ready to leave. So I, I, you know, when you go and when you sort of, I, I know he probably still loves this fan base and and this city, but the the that being mutual is not guaranteed, especially when you leave. Um, Carmelo Anthony still going through that, even yes. still in this phase of his career, yes. wanting to be retired and remembered as a Nugget. Guess what, man? It's been a long time. There's, there are Nuggets fans who care, but mm-hmm. there are also Nuggets fans who this is not what their fandom is about anymore, and, and so it goes. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like breaking up with someone and expecting, like, no, we have to still be friends. Right. Good friends. We have to be great friends. It's like, We should no. hug every time we see each other. You're like, yeah. <laughs> It's been a few years. <laughs> he, uh, the quote that he did say that got you know a little bit of backlash from fans, but when you hear the whole thing, it's like okay, that makes sense. He was talking about returning here for the first time since the first time, and just said last year was pretty hard coming here. To be quite honest, I didn't really enjoy it. Uh oh, that sounds bad. But continued saying I enjoyed the crowd and the fans. They made me enjoy it. Didn't get the didn't get the standing ovation this year. So, you know, he was just acknowledging like, yeah, this was kind of hard going back to that place. Right, right, right. right. That it all happened, and and you know, he was he was the guy here, and he's no longer there. So it's like acknowledging, oh man, here's this broken relationship. Right. And so mm-hmm. I think people took that with a grain of salt and didn't you know dissect it, saying. Wait, wait a minute. Uh, you never got a standing ovation because you or you never got the curtain call. It's like, well, you can't get a curtain call when when a game is over. Right, right. It doesn't I, happen like that. It, it's be during the game. I so oh, sorry. No, I was gonna say. You know, I'm uh, glad he said the words. I didn't really enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. I thought you that know because I'm like you know that's honest and like that doesn't necessarily mean like oh f this place. You know, right, it's just right, like yeah. he. I thought that that was a very open and honest moment or a very open and honest statement about just. You know, that's part of the mental aspect of all this, you know? It's like, hey, I, I didn't like it. And I don't need to, like, show up here and be like, yeah, like, this was a lovely moment. And to me, I, look, projecting, inferring, whatever, I'm sure his plan A was for it to all work out here. Yeah. I'm sure and that's, it's, yeah. it's, it's hard for him because it it did not work out as he planned. And that's, you know, if we go with the relationship analogy, those are the hardest people to see again, right? Yeah. <laughs> the ones you really wanted it to work out with, yeah. but it just wasn't meant to be. So. That's, why he signed the long, that's why he signed the long-term extension. It wasn't any kind of, you know, chess game of, hey, I want to get paid and then leverage that to go somewhere else. It was, yeah. all right, this is what they're telling me to do. These are my guys. I came up with them. I even saw some of them. I, uh, I've i been under their tutelage. Now I'm tutoring these guys. This is great. I want to be here for a while. And then it became evident pretty quickly the team is not going to do the necessary things that winning teams do to win, right. as we discussed in that first segment. But, uh, Brennan, we, we've got to discuss the Serbia documentary right now Ani yes. Vodka who you know we know is the new goat in Colorado sports make sure you check that out evoca.tv slash dnvr to watch you know Nuggets Avs DU CSU you name it uh, you get $10, $10 off your first three months otherwise it's $25 per month plus a $5 receiver but that's the only place that you're going to be able to see the Serbia documentary 
Wow. I mean, what is it like kind of reliving it now, seeing the clips? Yeah, having the trailer out now, which you can see on social at NBR Nuggets, it's really fun, really exciting. Fun to to relive, get those juices flowing again. You know, when we went to Serbia, the idea was to bring that experience to you, to essentially bring you with us, not just through the daily content, but through this long form project we're really excited about. And we think it helps fills out the reason why you might want to have a Navaka subscription. It's the live games themselves. That's appealing. Strangely <laughs> difficult to get around here. Strangely and difficult. And then, the, you know, your favorite teams in those live games and then your favorite coverage of, of those favorite teams. That's where we come in. We've got our own a channel on Ivaka. And then this final layer, and it's that exclusive content, the Serbia project, and hopefully more projects like it to come. We kind of want to build this out like the Netflix of Colorado sports fandom. You log on to Ivaka for the day, you got everything you need wow. to tap into it. And so we're like really that. we're really grateful to Ivaka for helping us get this project off the ground, and we're excited for you all to see it. Yeah, and I'm excited that uh, Liquid Death got on board. I mean, look, Susie and I were batting leadoff, and uh, we got on base, but look, it doesn't mean anything if, if you can't have other people follow through in the clutch, and so many people in the company did follow through, so yeah, Liquid Death, man. Liquid Death is board. great. Kale's drinking one right over He's there. He's got the actually. tall boy. He's Has got me the really tall third. boy water. You guys want to know my Liquid Death story? First time yeah. I got one, I was in a choice market across the street. Real certain I was purchasing myself one alcoholic beverage. And so you were looking to you know, fill a buzz? Yeah. Hey, throw one back, right? That's <laughs> what I thought I was doing. Because look at the branding. It's sick. And it looks like a tall boy. Uh, much to my pleasant surprise, it was delicious water. And I needed that more than booze. I didn't know that until I had it. And so now I go back and I look for those liquid can, liquid death cans. I know what I'm getting. That's I, hilarious. I know how to get them. Because I get them at my local Safeway, 7-Eleven, King Supers, yep. Stinkers, or Alta. Or find a liquid death retailer near you, near me, with the, the store locator tool. That's liquiddeath.com slash DNV. VR, liquiddeath.com slash DNVR, uh, mountain spring water from the Alps in three flavors, still or sparkling. Come on, what a treat. Such a treat. Look, we like being kind to our neighbors, but not to our thirst. Murder that Murder thirst. that Murder thirst. that thirst. With liquid death. Murder it. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. The, uh, the Phillies are murdering my say, bets do you today. Guys, do you yeah. guys want a, uh, an update? No. Phillies got the bases loaded right now. Still 4-1. Still yeah. Oh no, I'm ahead Atlanta. of you. I'm ahead of you. Oh my gosh, it's six. Oh, um, I had just updated. Yep. Yes. It's exciting time. October baseball. It's what? What? What did you? What parlay do you have going on right now? I tried to nail the winner of every game today, and I took all the favorites, but I had the Guardians upsetting the Yankees. Mm, um, but your Phillies are upsetting me again. That's the one. I got Guardians in four there. My DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week. Yeah, th this is such a fun time, and it's. Yeah, we, we just got to experience it with the Avalanche, obviously. Um, nuggets, too, the last couple seasons, the bar gets gets jumping. And, uh, you know, we didn't have the bar in, in 2018 or, or 2017. 2017, there were no home games. It was a wild card game. It was over just like that in a matter of an Archie Bradley triple. Unfortunately, sorry uh, if that's not triggering for some people. Uh, but 2007, man, that was the year. And, uh, you know, we were talking to uh, Merchel. Good old Mitchell there, um, who, who works for uh, DNVR Rapids, and he, he just talked about going to all of these games late in the season and in the postseason, and just how, quite literally, 
the place to be in the baseball world at that time in 2007 was Denver. Like that was, if if Marlins man, are you a big fan of Marlins man? I'm very familiar with Marlins man. But not a fan. Just, I don't know if I would call myself a fan. Is a fan of Marlins man? I am, and, and my dad. We like watching a game. We go, hey, is Marlins man at this game? You, you're, you just have a curiosity. You're a fan of a fan. Yeah. Yeah, I met him. I, I shook his hand after winter meetings a couple yeah, years ago. I'm like, hey, nice to meet you, Marlins man. No, I, I, I'm not a picture too guy. Much, that's too much. Yeah, I just like, hey, what's up, Marlins man? He was still decked out in all orange, so you can see him from a <laughs> mile away in the casino there at the winter meetings. Um, but Marlins man, if he was uh, doing his Marlins thing in 2007, he would have been at Coors Field, like, because that just was the spot. The juice was there. The energy is there. There's that's no city better. <laughs> yeah, there, there's there's no city better. <laughs> Better uh, than Denver when it comes to the postseason, and Rockies actually have that in their history in 2007. I'm so envious and jealous, and you know, happy to be here now, but really wish I could see that. I don't. Yeah. There to me, look, I I cover basketball. I love I love many sports, but postseason baseball has a magic to it that yeah. mm-hmm. I tap into. I think more than the others, and. The city comes alive, and this city in particular was roaring to life at that time. And that's, it was so long ago now, but that's what we were talking about earlier. That's what's possible, yeah. right? When ownership and the players, and if everyone's invested in producing and on the same page, that's what this fan base could have. That's what those players could have. That's what ownership could have. And and that is why it's a particular shame. This isn't one of those orgs that you say, let's pick them up and move them. What are they, why are they playing there? Who cares? No, 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 no. This is one of those orgs that in if baseball is healthiest, the Rockies are good. Uh, and it's not healthy right now. Yeah, yeah, well said, well said for sure. Yeah, the vibes, I wish, I wish I was around here in 2007. I hate that that kind of energy is in the Rockies' past and right. not even right. remotely close to the present. Yeah, yep. and not in the imminent future either. No. It would seem. Mm-hmm. What, there's, there's a couple games each season when you got a sold-out crowd on a Friday and Saturday night where it's, it's vibing a little sure. bit. As far, as far as like passionate baseball fans that are there, they're paying attention and it's a good game. And you go, okay, this is something. Because that's what it felt like in 2018. That right. was my first year in the company. Mm-hmm. And going to those games, you they were never out of it. There were times where they'd be down by two runs going to the bottom of the eighth. And I'm like, no, nah, they're going to win this game. And they would. Like, like that's the kind of team that they, that, that they had. And that was the kind of the vibe that was in the ballpark there where it was possible and people were sitting on their edge of their seats right. and, and they had that belief and it was, it was a great time. And then flash forward two years later, and, and I've, I've told this story before, it was against the Angels on a Saturday night. Charlie Blackman hit a walk-off grand slam during that pandemic season. Ball went over the fence. He rounded the bases. The players barely even came out of the dugout to celebrate. He walked into the dugout. Dead silence. Seconds after a walk-off grand slam in an empty stadium. And it was like, this city doesn't even know what just happened No, here. it happened, right. And it was, you know, and that was... That was the world at that time, right, where it didn't seem relevant. But when the team does have relevance and, and baseball is at the center of everything in October, there's just nothing, there's just not a better time. And this is one of the ingredients, sticking with the theme of the show. I mean, you that's the team feels that. The team feeds off that. And you will see bad to not bad with, with regards to a playoff field, right? Mediocre playoff teams 
ride that wave much longer than they have any business doing so into the postseason. <laughs> yeah. I've seen it before. Many fan bases have seen before. The Mariners, we haven't seen it in the postseason yet. They'll get there eventually. But the, that energy in the park down the stretch when it looked like they might make the playoffs again, when it looked like they might get to taste that feeling again, mm-hmm. right? That's You better believe the players were coming to the park every day and night hoping to get that response, to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. It can will a team forward, and it can be something here in Colorado. The next time this team, whenever it is, is competitive, particularly competitive, mm-hmm. it's going to be embraced uh, by by a, a ferocious wave of fandom. A ferocious wave. And I, I want to see it again. Yeah, it's so I didn't live here back in 2017 and 2018, but like I was coming out here quite a bit. So I like remember, I remember like being here at the end of September, beginning of October. And like the energy was much different than it is this year. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it it's exciting and I want it back. Yeah. Yeah, as you said, Brendan, with that feeling in the clubhouse, when the players get that support from the fans, that was what it was like in in 1995 uh, when Coors Field first opened up. Um, A lot of that also had to do with the fact that, you know, with the Blake Street Bombers, they felt like they were in any game. They could be down seven runs and they were going to come back. But a lot of that had to do with the fan support, you know, getting over four million fans in 1993 and and, and on on, on a pace to break that record in 1994, their second year of existence. Coors Field opens up. They play a game with scabs. Replacement players, that was actually the first game at Coors Field, and not the one that we all remember with Dante mm. Bichette. Um, <laughs> but the, the the fans like spurned that on in, in such a major way. And so you go from 93, 94, 95, from when they didn't exist to when they went to the World Series in 2017. That was, that was 14 years from nothingness here on the corner of 20th and Blake to their first World Series. And we've yet to have that again in the last 15 that's kind of where we're at. That's kind of the the apathy right now, I think, that a lot of people have. That timeline, every time I hear you <laughs> lay out that timeline, it upsets me to my core. It's crazy how fast time flies, too. And crazy how futile it feels now for an order that if you actually look through the history, like, it's not... You're not talking about a laughing stock. You're not. No. You're talking about a mm-hmm. team that even actually relatively recently would be better than how bad they are now suggests. And so it's again, I don't I guess I'm really repeating myself, but that's why I think fans have tried the apathy thing this year. They've tried. Yeah. And and it'll build the longer the ownership ignores it. But the truth is it's been more anger than apathy because they care and they want to care as they should. Yeah. That's yeah. I like that. People, I, I like the way you put that. They want to care. They want to. It's hard to be apathetic. And you and look, these are when you've tasted it, as you mentioned, that this city has. It's it's only sports can give you that. And if that's yeah. something that you feel and love and appreciate, it, it's not something you can just shoo away. It's a part of you. So yeah, yeah. No, that that's. I, I think the the anger comes from the fact that. Ownership said, all right, well, hey, this thing didn't work out. It didn't work out with Nolan Arenado. GM ends up quitting, um, you know, early in the, the 2021 season. All right, we got to change direction. We got to do maybe some things differently. Look outside the organization. They don't do that. Nothing happens last year at the trade deadline other than Michael Givens. And it's 
like, oh, is this going to be the same thing again? But we got a new guy in charge, so let's give him a chance. And then March happens after the lockout, and you go, okay. I think a lot of people looking at the roster weren't inspired to say, oh, this is a postseason team. Now right. all of a sudden with Grichik, Iglesias, Colome, Cool, Chris Bryant, man, they're they're going to win one of the three wild card spots. No, but you say, I feel better about this team. Mm-hmm. Now, now, you know what? Maybe they are doing the things that they said they haven't done in the past Correct. that they need to do. And then we have the season that we had, nothing at the trade deadline again, and the kind of the same general comments, you know, coming from ownership in the front office where it doesn't really sound like it's broke to fix it. It's not going well, but it's definitely not broke. And when you've only made the postseason five times in your 30 years of existence, that's not great. That's yeah. not mm-hmm. great. You've never won the division. That's not great. No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I wish I had more to add to that. It's n- It's not great, Bob. It's not. <laughs> do what? Do either of you have a favorite baseball postseason memory or experience that you've been a part of? I mean, Phillies World Series went down to the parade, ended up in the parade, ended up in one of Gary Barbera's floats. Not I the floats, the convertibles, but yeah, in the parade. Of oh, cool. I, I was in the parade. Well, I saw you at the parade. You were on the median, and you were raising your hand up, and everyone ah. I was the cheering. baby. You were the baby. I was the baby. And it went up, and then it went down. Do you know this clip? Oh, it's the best. That was Susie. You didn't know that. That was me. That was Susie. That was Susie. And then uh, for me, 2011 game six, what I think is one of the best baseball games ever played. And if you're a Cardinals fan, one of the best results to ever go down. The freeze home run, the freeze moments in that game. Uh, and, And I was in college and a freshman and so it was my first time doing this whole thing away from my dad like many people oh, baseball yeah. my parents this is something that it goes hand in hand it's a family it's sport it's a family sport we inherit our fandom from mothers from fathers mm-hmm. we inherit it from our parents and we share it with our parents and I I I was away from them but I in that moment I felt very very connected to them and uh it was uh, the best. It was the best. It's why you keep coming back year after year. I'm getting emotional. I'm literally tearing. That's oh awesome. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's it. I, I have only, I only went to uh, game three of the NLDS in 2018, uh, the Rockies and, and Brewers, without my dad. So he, my dad's always been with me. Yeah. Any of the postseason games I went to, was at the Jeffrey Mayer game, you know, the kid reaches over, pulls the ball back, it's a Derek Jeter home run, Tony Tarasco's in right field going, I, I would have caught it. Some kid just reached out and grabbed the ball. Big moment. Uh, I was I was in, I was infuriated because I thought the game, they were just going to replay the game from that point. <laughs> Everything that happened at that after that was great, but probably my favorite because I've been to a couple other ones was uh, sitting out in the bleachers at Yankee Stadium, and a couple rows up, some guys say something to my dad's two buddies. My dad's kind of oblivious, and then he realized what's going on. He drops a couple F-bombs. They drop a couple F-bombs. Middle finger, middle finger, thrown beer, thrown beer. And now I'm holding on to my dad's leg. He's like 6'3", 250 pounds. He's going after the guy, and we get kicked out of the bleachers. And afterwards, my dad was like, oh, that was fun. And then we had to figure out what we were going to tell my mom. So, yeah, I've been kicked out of the bleachers there. But not because I was fighting. It was my dad. (laughs) He was the one. I love this. I wish that at Baseball Fights was around. My favorite... Twitter account okay. is MLB Fight Club. No, nothing was thrown. It was more of a, I'm trying to get at you because we're like four rows apart. Yeah, yeah. You misheard what I said. Hey, mind your own business. Oh, this is you good. showed up late 
And then, you know, and then my dad's buddy was like telling security, hey, the, that helmet head, the guy with the fireman's cap on, he was also in it too. So he ended up getting ejected. So uh-huh. we had a good time. We had a good laugh about it. And are you allowed back at memories. Yankee Stadium? I believe so. Yeah, I mean that's you get a punch card. Like I, that was yeah, my one. Yeah, yeah, that was my one. How so many punches actually, do you get on the punch? It's card? It's a reward system. Actually, twenty-seven. So it's one for every World Series. So each time they win, if they win a World Series, you're allowed back in after getting that ban. So I, I think it's actually a fairly good system. So can I ask you guys? Can I ask you guys? I know I'm not the host. But right before we go here, yeah. Who, yeah. who do you guys think is going to win the old World Series? The old World Series. Um, Tucson. Twin, no LG Twins, and the Doosan Bears. That's KBO. I don't know. I, I I can't quite figure it out. This extra round of the postseason is going to be really interesting to see how it goes out. I think the the teams that have the first round by probably have the biggest advantage. I don't know if that's an advantage, but I don't know either. I don't. I actually your team's coming in hot. I don't think. I don't think that by was an advantage at all. I think depending what? on the team, I think. People are going to get a little too comfortable. The rest is not going to... It's going to get them out of their groove. I don't think it's going to affect, like, the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers right. will be It fine. could very well affect the Yankees. I, we I may have wanted to see them. I think, I think it may affect it'll the affect the Yankees. Yeah. It affected the Rockies in 2007 because yes. they swept the Diamondbacks in four. They had to wait for the Red Sox uh, to, to finish up their series. And they, they kind of came in cold after having all of that momentum. Mm-hmm. And you know what they say about momentum... It gets snuffed out when you get a first round bye and or I just <laughs> Kale's got his hand over there to ending. We're not ending yet. Yeah. <laughs> not ending. He's we're ready. we're He's talking so about the on. literal <laughs> momentum phrase this time. But yeah, you lose that momentum with days off. And so I, I think it's still probably gonna be Dodgers in Houston. I think I think that's a really that's yeah. favorite, that's so what boring. I would. That's boring. They are the two best. But teams, though, if I if I had to go with like a little outside the box, I think I'd, I would take Cleveland and and Atlanta, which isn't that far outside, but Cleveland yeah. Atlanta. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. just curious. The Guardians versus the Atlantans. I would uh, I I would sure lo- I gotta say my heart's with the Mariners, of course. Gotta love a story like that. You're crazy if you don't love the Mariners Come story. On. That's right. Or Mariners you're podcast. a Blue Jays fan. I was gonna. Well, that was what I said. I said Blue Jays, Seattle are there. They're kind of in their own unique group as far as fun teams you want to root for. Mm-hmm. And I think Cleveland's probably the next most fun right after the Mariners at that point with the youngest team. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It'd be a fun one. What is the least fun team? Dodgers, the Yankees. Yankees. Dodgers, Yankees. Yankees. Are I the think least Yankees fun maybe team. a little bit. Eh. Dodgers aren't. There's nothing fun about them, but there's something extra not fun maybe about the Yankees. I don't know. They just they just they lack any funness. I agree. I agree. Also, their fan base is miserable watching this team. Mets are miserable. The Mets oh, fan base is the most miserable well, of them all. Do you blame? But them? Yankees are right there. Yeah. Yeah. The Yankees are are definitely right there. I think the Phillies are a fun team, though. They are a fun team. I don't think we're talking about them. They're a really fun team. They're playing well at the right time. Well, hey, that's that's the key is playing well at the right time. And look, it's hard to it's it's hard when you have to face a team that can score six runs in the ninth inning on the road. You know, as they've done in recent postseason games. Uh, Who you got in the World Series? Who's your World Series, Brendan? Uh, I like the Strohs this year, and I think I do think they're gonna. It's gonna be the Dodgers. I'm with you guys. It's boring, but yeah. Look at us all agreeing. This makes for terrible podcasting. But oh Bryce, well. does Bryce Harper win a World Series this year with Kyle Schwarber, oh. the Party Boys? 
That's a good story. That would be awesome. We'll have to talk about it this week on, on the on the Rockies pod, like the best kind of fun stories that you can fantasy write. Do some fantasy. We'll booking. write some fan fiction. We will. What That's what be? we said we were going to do in the off season. That's true. That's right. Well, we we've, we've got plenty of time to do that. It's going to be fun. Hey, uh, I'm on Twitter at Patrick D Lyons. I'm at Brendan Vote. And I'm at the Susie Hunter on all platforms. Follow us on. D- at DNVR underscore Rockies, at DNVR Nuggets, and at DNVR underscore Sports. And don't forget, Adaptogen Sorbo, our great producer, a.k.a. the Tincture Guy, at Kale Sorbo, for great pictures of Rocky Mountain National Park and other things. Now on sale, Kale? I mean, like, yeah, please buy my art. We're pumping this guy up. <laughs> We're pumping you up, Kale. I'm telling you, man, you're going to have a great day yes uh and despite that and despite that great day and despite that momentum you know what they say about momentum it's only as good as your next tdsp so i'll see you next time i'm on tdsp